0: You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones.
1: Let's, let's do this. Let's start with 1 Thessalonians five twenty three, and let's remember what this is all about. What Paul thinks uh, church is about, what he thinks life is about, what he thinks, what do we exist to do? And so it says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he who calls you and will also do it. Okay, so why are we here? Like we've been reading Thessalonians, this is the last chapter, like this whole thing, Paul believes it comes down to one thing. the, The reason we're all here is so that God might sanctify us, so that we might become holy, complete, lacking nothing, that we might actually be the image of God for the world to see. That's the big picture. And so what Paul would say is the reason we have church, the reason we gather together is so that we might be sanctified. And so if you believe that, if you are here today because you desire to be sanctified, you desire to be holy and complete, then, then what Paul is going to say today to you is going to be comforting. If you're here for another reason, what Paul is going to say to you is going to be annoying and intrusive. That's, that's, that's where we're at today. Guys, we have core values in this place. Can anyone tell me what our core values are? I feel like we should put more enthusiasm in them, but that's, that's okay. Knowing, growing, giving, serving, and praising. And the reason we have core values is because we believe that this, this gathering, this is important, this matters, but this is not the fullness of what church is. We, we come to this gathering to be empowered and sent out, but, but like all week. We should have been knowing and growing, meaning we should have been in relationships with people where people know us, and we're getting to know people, and we should be growing. We should be studying the Bible and growing in the image of Christ, and because we're knowing and growing, we should be giving and serving, and those things come naturally to people who are knowing and growing. And then on Sunday, we come together as all these people who've been knowing, growing, giving, serving all week, and together we praise God. That's what this is about. We're empowered in this place, and we share in this place, then we go back out in the world. But this, this alone... This was never meant to be the full extent of church. And so what Paul's going to say is there's more. Church is the place where you're sanctified. It's God's instrument for sanctifying the people of God. The body of Christ is the tool God uses to make God's people holy. And so again, if you're into that, you're going to love today's message. If you're not into that, you're not going to like it. But your beef is with Paul, not me. Let's go. We got a lot. So 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 1. Here's where we're going to camp out today on this chapter. It says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the word of the Lord will spread rapidly and be glorified just as it was with you. And that we will be rescued from troublesome and evil people, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord concerning you that you are doing and will do what we we commanded. That's, That's interesting. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the perseverance of Christ. Okay, so there's a couple things we can learn from this. Number one is Paul believed in the power of prayer. Paul believed that we should have such deep relationships that we're actually praying for one another. And when Paul prayed for things, he didn't say like, you know, hey God, I hope I find a parking space. He was like, man, may the word of God spread rapidly. May people come to God. He prayed big, bold prayers. But Paul believed in the power of prayer. Guys, every week, we, we offer a time of prayer with Laura and her team in the back. And every week, I am so relieved because no one goes back there and prays. And I'm relieved because I know I have a church where no one has any issues. Because if we had issues, surely we'd be praying together. But every week when no one goes back there, I'm like, ah, thank goodness, we're still perfect. <laughs> All right? Ain't nobody got any stuff in this place. Prayer works at the other churches where people have problems. Why don't we pray together? And if you're not comfortable with that, are you in a relationship here with someone that's to the depth where they can pray for you? Is there someone here that's praying for you? Praying for someone? Are we known in prayer? I think one of the reasons prayer is so awkward is because, you know, you come in here and and we're going to talk to this person who you hadn't talked to all week. And so that's awkward. Like if I asked you, hey, um, turn around to whoever's beside you that you don't know and have a deep conversation with them about your life. Would that be awkward? Now imagine it was your best friend who you talk to all the time. Is that different? Perhaps prayer corporately would be less awkward if privately we were actually praying. And so I think this is one of the things that Paul is passionate about, that we would actually go to God in prayer. But listen, this is the easiest thing Paul's going to talk about today. And then he says, but God is faithful anyway. And one of the things I've learned, and you've probably learned this, is the purpose of prayer is to align my will with God's will. But God's going to do what he wants to do. And God will either do it through you or he will do it around you. But if we're praying, then he's working through us. You know how many times God has done something around me? And I was like, man, I wanted to be involved in that. And he was like, well, I invited you, but you chose not to talk to me. So I did it in spite of you. I uh, had a conversation with God this week on, I guess it was, I don't know, Tuesday or Thursday, I don't know, where God corrected me. I had a I had a bad attitude about something involving y'all. And so like, <laughs> I just I, I wanted God to do something, and then I was like, you know what? Nothing's gonna happen. And God correct, He said, if that's really what you think about my people, then walk away and retire, because you're not worthy to be a pastor. If you don't think I'm going to do what I want to do in that place, then quit now, because you're not worthy. And it was like, God, I heard him, and he cried. So I said, all right, all right, God, whatever you want to do, I, but I want to be part of it. So, so then I started praying bigger, bolder prayers for today, and I'm believing. I am, I am Y'all know the most overused word, in the, literally. I'm literally believing <laughs> that someone's eternity is going to forever change in this room. I am believing that one of you will come back to life today. And so I'm expecting that's probably what God has planned to do. Okay, now let's jump into the parts of Paul's message. I didn't write this. Paul did. So let's jump into the parts of Paul's scripture that are a little dicey. All right, verse 6. It says this. Now we, y'all see that third word? Command. Oh, boy. Now we command you, brothers and sisters, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you keep away from every brother or sister who leads a disorderly life and not one in accordance with the tradition which you have received from us. Okay, so Paul uses this language a lot, this language of command. And and, and Paul's belief is, is that one of the ways we are sanctified is through surrendering our authority to someone else inside the body of Christ. That inside the body of Christ, that for those who are in the kingdom, we should surrender our authority to someone over us. Paul talks about this in, in church. He talks about this in work. He talks about this in marriage, about mutual submission. He talks about submission, that this is one of the ways God sanctifies us, is when we submit our authority to someone else. And when we read this as Americans, we're like, "Huh? uh I ain't submitting my authority. God is the only person with authority over me. And Paul's like, no, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. You should be surrendered to someone in authority. Paul says, I command you. When I read that, I was like, You get to command them? What if I commanded y'all to do something? Let's, I command you. Look at you, y'all looking at me blankly. What if I commanded you to wear a mask because the governor had issued a mandate and I thought it was the right thing to do? I know how you would respond because I saw it. I was butchered alive on Facebook. For asking my people to do something that I thought was righteous in the moment. How do we, why, why are we so against this? Why are we so against having someone who will have authority over us inside the building? I have an authority. The church council is over me and, and I'm over my staff and my staff is over small group leaders. And small group should be over the people in the small group. But everyone should be surrendered to authority. And if you don't trust me, that's fine. Because not all of you know me. Is there anyone in this room? Who you've given authority to over your life. If not, stop talking about those people not living biblical lives because you're not either. We love, oh, they're not they're not living biblical life. Are you? Only if you're living in authority to someone else inside the local church. Says Paul. (laughs) No, but don't worry, guys, it gets it gets better. I'm kidding. Yeah, oh, here's the other thing, guys. Paul believed in discipline inside the church. You see what he says in that verse? He says, you know, uh, keep away from people. He, he believes in discipline inside the church. The, and this happens naturally inside of small groups. I don't think what Paul advocated before was people coming up here and, and confessing their sin in front of the whole church because can you imagine if we started doing that? Who wants to go first? Because I'm going last. There'll be no one left in the room, Right? <laughs> By the time you've all offended each other, I'm like, hey, my turn. I don't think that's what Paul's at. He's saying we should be, the church should be a people who are inside such community that someone has the authority to correct you. And so, again, I ask the question, does anyone in this room, anyone in this place, anyone in this body have the authority to correct you? And will you listen and, and receive it? Or is it just you and God? And when it's just you and God, what it really is, is God, you just telling God what to do. Right? We know that. You know how I know because I've been there, so have you. Does anyone have the authority to correct you inside of this place? Verse 7. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example, because we did not act in an undisciplined way among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with labor and hardship, we kept working night and day so that we would not be a burden to any of you. Not because we don't have the right, but in order to offer ourselves as a role model so that you would follow our example. All right, Paul says those who are in authority, then we should be living lives worthy of the calling. And I've got a staff here, and if you think my staff is lazy and not doing their job, come talk to me. Because they answer to me, I am in authority over them. If they're posting craziness on Facebook, come talk to me. That is the proper, if you have a problem with me, you talk to church council. The proper outlet is never Facebook. Are you with me? If y'all will just receive one command from me, let it be this. Stop being ignorant on social media. Let that be the one. But like, they, we, we should be doing our jobs. We should be working. You know, we didn't, we didn't take this job for all the fringe benefits, right? We're supposed to be working. Verse 10 This is good, too. Good grief, Paul. i got to preach this stuff. For even when we were with you, we used to give you this order. If anyone's not willing to work, then they don't get to eat. (laughs) For we hear that some among you are leading an undisciplined life, doing no work, but acting like busybodies. Now we command and exhort you in the Lord Jesus Christ, work peacefully and eat your own bread. I bet that's how they responded. Just like you. Paul says, listen, the problem inside the church is you got a few people doing work and a few other people who are just taking and taking and taking. And Paul says, eat your own bread, man. Guys, we give missions and we help people and we help people over. And there are some people who've helped 10,000 times. And they come and they're like, you know, the problem with help sometimes is the first one is appreciated, the second one is expected, and the third one is commanded. And when people begin to command, hey, help me. And then I'm like, man, we can't because you have the ability to work and you are not working. They get mad about this. And it's like, I get that. But listen, Paul is really clear. And people love it when you point them back to Paul in this. It says, if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. And so we should all be doing our part to contribute to the community. Every single person in this room, you have the ability to contribute to this community in some way. And you should be doing it according to Paul. He thinks our work ethic matters, man. And it's challenging. It's hard. And, and, I, and guys, here, here's the, like, well, yeah, let's just go full, let's, why not? So Paul believes that you should be inside of groups, small groups of people, where you are actually accountable for how you spend your money. Can you imagine such a thing? That is the worst idea in the world, unless you are here to be sanctified. If you're here to be sanctified, if you're here to be made holy, if you're here to be made righteous, then you know that you need this kind of accountability. If you're just here for a show, then this is the worst stuff in the world. But Paul is talking to people who believe they exist inside the body of Christ for the purpose of becoming the people they were called to be, and they don't think they can get there without it. And so Paul would say, guys, you should be in community. And you should be accountable for your work life and and your sex life and your financial life. And you should be accountable to one another. And again, to us, this sounds like torture. Unless you desire to be part of God's instrument for your holiness. And if you want that, then you want this. But it is challenging. Verse 12, I love verse 12. He says, but as for you, brothers and sisters he's, or maybe it's first, go to the next one, sorry, 13, he says, but as for you, brothers and sisters, don't grow weary of doing good, don't grow weary, he's like, listen, I know what I'm describing, like the church I'm describing is challenging, the church where we hold each other accountable, where we call each other out inside of, community. listen, if you don't know me, you don't need to come hold me accountable, right, but if you have built a relationship with me, where I know you love me, and you, then yeah, we should be able to have real conversations, And Paul's saying, if that's the thing we're building, then that is challenging and it's difficult. And I know I have been disciplined by people who have authority over me and it hurt. It hurt, hurt my heart, but I deserved it and it refined me and it made me better. And I have disciplined other people and it hurts. I've dealt with discipline situations inside the church where some of those people aren't even here anymore. And it breaks my heart because I love them. And God says, don't grow weary, guys. You're not doing these things to be evil. It's for the sanctification of the person and the purity of my temple. And these things matter to God. In verse 14, he just keeps going. If anyone does not obey our instruction, take special note of that person. The hall monitor, walking around. Take special note of that person and don't associate with them so they'll be put to shame. And yet, do not regard that person as an enemy but admonish them as a brother and sister. Wow. Paul's saying, listen, I've I've given you instruction on how to live. And if there's somebody who's not obeying that instruction, then then we should remove fellowship from them. Not not to excommunicate them and not to hurt them, but to purify them. As I think about the way I, when Kinley was little, I could have spanked her and that would have had minimal effect because there's no way I could have ever hit my daughter hard enough to actually do any damage, but like, what hurt her worse was cutting her off from the family. Because if you truly love the family, if you truly belong to each other, then there's nothing you can do to me worse than cutting me off from you. To deny me you would hurt me more than anything in the world if I truly... And so what Paul says is, listen, if you're not willing to do what we've said, then we're going to withdraw fellowship from you, not to hurt you, but to bring you back into fellowship. And everyone's like, Paul, that's the worst idea in the world. And he said, it is, unless you desire to be sanctified, unless you desire to be made holy, unless you desire to be made righteous, unless your highest calling in life is to become the image of God for the world to see. It's hard, guys. It's hard. Trying to figure out how much of this I want to read. Now I love it. None of this none of this is possible. none of this is possible if this is your only experience with church. Like if this is it, guys, no, nothing Paul's just again, you're annoyed right now. You're annoyed, hot and hungry if not if right? But like, if this is what you want, it takes work. And this is Paul's definition of excellence inside the body of Christ that that we would be a place that actually Uh, holds each other up and holds each other accountable and calls each other up and grace isn't you know finding someone in a mud puddle and letting them stay there just going oh you're muddy grace is finding muddy people and getting them clean and whenever we talk about accountability or belonging or care inside the church someone always quotes this verse Matthew 7 do not judge so that you will not be judged And I would agree if that was the only thing Jesus wrote and said, but right after that in Matthew 18, he said, now if your brother sins, go to him and show him his fault in private, not on social media, not behind their back, not in a prayer circle with a bunch of people who are really just gossiping about somebody. Go to them in private. If he listens, you've gained your brother. If he does not listen, you take one or two more with you so the testimony of two or more witnesses may be confirmed. Guys, we, we have this, this incredibly difficult thing that we're being called to do here, and it is challenging, and I feel the tension, and you feel the tension, and that is we are going to be a place that welcomes sinners. Sinners, you are welcome here, and I am the chief among you. We, we, we are welcome in this place. Sinners are welcome here, but sin cannot settle here, and that is such a difficult tension for us to operate inside of. Sinners are welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Come, come, come. But sin can't settle inside the body of Christ because Christ died on the cross to erase sin, to save us from it. And at some point, we have to stop settling for life as the way it is and pursue something greater. And you can't do that on your own. You can't do that on your own. You need people. You need humans who know you deeply. You can never be truly known and truly loved if you don't allow someone to truly know you. Because I've I've said this a thousand times. Everybody doesn't need to know your stuff. I got stuff y'all don't need to know. But I don't have anything that's not known by someone. Because the things that you don't share with any other human in the world, those are the things that will choke you to death. And you know how I know? Because I've been choked. There were things. You must be known inside of the body of Christ. And these things are handled with love and grace between two people who love each other and know each other. And this is the way the kingdom of God is supposed to be. Not us lobbing, you know, church bombs across the room, but, but getting in relationships that are so deep and so incredible where I can say, man, you are wrong. Repent. Turn. You're walking off a cliff. Come back. This is the life we need. But this cannot be created through casual Christianity. You can't have this. It's not even possible. And as awful as some of this sounds, ma- imagine, you know, imagine having three or four people who like know about all your finances. Yikes. Imagine having three or four people who know what you're hoping no one else knows. Imagine one person. But doesn't something inside of you long for it? In the midst of the tension, isn't there something in you that wants that freedom? That wants to know that someone in the world will still love me even if they know. That someone in the world will help me. That I can share the truth of my life with someone. That God still has purpose and a plan. Isn't there something in you that longs For what church was designed to be, the answer is yes, because the king of the universe implanted this on our heart. And it can happen. This can be what church is for us. Not for everybody, because everyone won't hear this, and I'm okay with that. But for those of you who can, this can be life for us. And you're only going to love that life if you desire to be holy and righteous. I love how Paul ends this this passage in verse 16 and like this is just so easy to read over this and not think about it. But in verse 16, he says, now may the Lord of peace himself continually grant you peace in every circumstance. Yes, thank you. The Lord be with you all. And then this is the one that jumped out to me. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. And this is a distinguishing mark in every letter this is is the way I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. But that verse right there, verse 17, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Why would he say that? Why would Paul say that? He said it because for you to believe it was true, you had to know Paul wrote it, because Paul was a credible witness to the truth. Any of y'all ever been on a witness? I know, I know most of you have. Most of us have been on a witness stand at some point, right? For some reason, or in court. What, what the lawyer doesn't always do, the lawyer doesn't always attack the truth. You know what they attack? The credibility of the witness. Paul says, This is my hand, I'm a credible witness. And so Paul was a credible witness to the truth of Jesus Christ. That's what we're reading, that's why he's a legend. Paul's life was a credible witness to the truth of Christ crucified and risen and to the power and the purpose of the local church. Paul was a credible witness. Here's my question for me and for you. Are you a credible witness? Am I a credible witness? Is my life a credible witness to the truth of Jesus Christ and the power and the purpose of this local church? Is your life is your life a credible witness to the truth of Jesus Christ and the power and the purpose of this local Or are you just here for some other reason? Listen, if you're here for another reason, I love you. I want you here. But there must be growth. For those who have been here for a while, Here's, what we're, here's how we're going to end this series. And, I, man, I, I'm so challenged with how to do this, but I believe this is right and I believe it's righteous. I'm going to put this question on the screen. Reggie, you can come on up here. I'm going to put this question on the screen. Go ahead, guys. And what I'm going to ask you guys to do for the next few minutes is just sit and pray. And I'm going I'm to use a dirty word inside the church because there are times for celebration, but there are also times for repentance. And maybe for some of us, it's time to repent. Maybe it's time to turn. Maybe maybe during during this, as Rachel, she's going to sing a song over us, and maybe as she's singing this song, we, we begin to have a real conversation with God about why am I here? What, what am I showing up for? What's my motive? What's my agenda? Does my... Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday life look like this hour? Am I committed? What do I really believe, God? And I'm going to be over there if someone wants prayer and Laura's over there and we would love to pray with you if maybe there's something on your heart. And I will tell you, in the last gathering, there were were chains that broke. There were people that were set free. Um, And when God first when we begin to kind of talk about this moment I thought nothing's going to happen, no one's going to do anything and that's when God corrected me and said then you need to quit but I believe with all my heart and I'm not here I don't, I don't coerce, I don't guilt, that's not my thing, y'all know that, know my heart one of you needs some freedom today one of you needs some freedom for one of you it's time to get up and take a step it's time to come to the altar for one of you you've been sitting and playing for too long and it's time Maybe you've been sitting in church for so long that you think you've got it all figured out and you're beginning to judge everybody else. Come to the altar and repent. Maybe maybe you don't know him. And everything I'm describing sounds crazy. Open your heart and your mind. He has no desire to trap you. He wants to set you free. And there is freedom in Christ. But for the next few minutes, have a conversation with him, a real one. Maybe you hadn't in a while. Allow him to speak.
0: Jesus have it all, Jesus have Jesus, have your worth, your due, your son. encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.